Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marvin, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 19 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. You can also go to our website, moneymd.net, and we have a link in the top right-hand corner. You can uh, click us and stream us from the comforts of your, your kitchen or, you know, if you're a professional golfer out there listening to us, the ones that came through there you go. back in April. Probably still streaming us, right? Oh, I'm sure they are from Texas. You know, they're doing the Texas swing. I was just watching that. Uh, Quite a win for Adam Scott here recently. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's anyway. Yeah, I mean, anywhere anywhere you are. are. My favorite way of listening, though, is to download the TuneIn radio app and listen on your smartphone. That's the way I listen. I like to go jogging on Saturdays and, you know, and other days. And I just listen to shows. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, while I'm I'm listening to the station. But if you don't have a smartphone, there's other ways to get us, right? There's absolutely other ways to get us. Get us. Yeah, you can uh, listen to us twelve thirty a.m. Twelve thirty a.m. on the dial. We make it easy. Yeah, that's right. Lots of ways to listen. Well, we to have us. podcasts coming too, so coming soon. Yep, along with all our other social media. Yeah, that's right. Exciting. Yeah, it is exciting stuff. All right, we have a new uh, money doctor here in the, the studio with us today. Yes, um, Gordon Leopard. Welcome to the show, Gordon. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, John. Glad, Glad to be here with you guys. Glad you're here with us. Yeah, so yes. Gordon's just kind of sitting in and um, going to uh, join us and kind of see how things go here on the show. So uh, appreciate you being here. And um, we're going to start off the show today. We're talking all about retirement today. It's it's This is a it's retirement, retirement show mm-hmm. because, you know, John, we have a retirement crisis in America. We do. We do. I was listening just the other day on the radio, and I heard a comment that, um, of people that have fifty thousand dollars in in assets mm-hmm. for retirement saved up, sixty percent of those people are not confident at all they're on track for retirement. Well, that's probably a, and that's probably right. It's probably true. That's it's probably the way they feel. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, it's reality that's making them feel that way yeah. because people are not on track for retirement because right. they haven't planned. Just like you know, this first topic we're going to talk about here in the. They can standard, unfortunately. But um, but we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, the financial fact, Steve, this comes from the um, uh, Social Security Trust 2013 report. And, you know, Social Security was started back in the... Um, in the in the 30s and 40s, and it's changed quite a bit. You know, there used to be 16 American workers for every one Social Security retiree that received benefits back in 1950, and it's estimated that there will just be about two workers for every one retiree receiving benefits in 2035. There's a reason why they put on the statement that, you know, right. there's only about 77% of the projected, you know, um, uh, amount that they're showing you that, that you're going to get. So, 
it's changed significantly and and um unfortunately social security is going to have to change going forward it's just not it's not adding up i mean it's, it's all right. about numbers and you're right? right they put it right there on the social security statement where you know there's not enough money in the social security trust fund to provide all the benefits right you know, so if you're under 50, our recommendation is to discount Social Security mm-hmm. a little bit, yep. right? 25%, yeah. you know, maybe even 50% if you're young enough. I mean, I think the first obvious change is they're going to means test Social Security at some point, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you're making over 100000 from other sources in retirement, you can probably forget Social Security. Yeah, it's going to be a... It's going to be a, you're basically giving your money away. But fortunately, you don't need that if you are if you have great income, and so it's not a big a big worry. But for people that are counting on Social Security as a major source of their income, which we're going to see when we start talking about some of these articles today, um, a lot of people depend very, very heavily on Social no doubt, Security. No doubt. And, you know, if you have not gotten a Social Security statement recently, it's because they're not sending them out anymore. So go to ssa.gov. You can open up an account. You don't have to put your Social Security number in there. They actually have linked back into um, some of the credit agencies, and and that's where you get your statement now. So you can see what the current benefits are and kind of see what your earnings records are. We recommend people go out there and check that out. That's exactly right. And just to preview the show here real quick, um, we have uh, some great topics today. First one we're going to start off with, though, is some SRS retirees feel the pension rate is too low. It's an article out of the Aiken Standard here recently. And, uh, you know, it's a great topic. We're going to follow that up, though, with the eight retirement planning blunders to avoid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another great article out of CNBC. Um, You know, there's so many things that are very common that people just forget about in retirement when they're planning for retirement. And they just overlook some obvious things they have to plan for. Yeah, and then we're going to close with an article about uh, why many retired women live in poverty. I mean, we see that um, when we work with... um, uh, you know, the individuals uh, that are females, a lot of times they're, they don't have as many resources um, as either men do or if obviously couples as well. So we're going to kind of look at some reasons and some things that you can do if you're in that situation to, to avoid that. Exactly. Okay, but we're going to um, jump right into our first topic here, and that is some SRS retirees feel the pension rate is too low. Um you know, and I, John, you know, I mean, they at least they have a pension. Um, unfortunately, there's yeah. a lot of companies don't have, offer pensions anymore. But yeah, I mean, he has a point here. I mean, there's not there's there's, there's yeah. some significant uh, uh, lack of increases in Social Security. I mean, in pensions going forward. And this guy's 25 years in retirement, I think. Yeah, and and so, Steve, this article, um, I think it hit a nerve with a lot of people because pensions are fantastic benefits. I mean, we go through planning and... um, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40% of people have pensions um, that are retiring today, maybe 50, particularly in this area. it's getting lower. It is getting lower. It is, and it's a fantastic benefit. But one of the issues is is that many of those pensions don't have cost of living adjustments, right? Right. Most of them don't. Most of them don't. You start off at at a certain rate, and and 25 years later, it's the same rate. And that's kind of what this article is based on. And just to kind of give you some some facts, guess how much – gasoline was back in 1989 so this is looking at a 25 year period in this article i would guess uh i don't know 70 cents a gallon gordon you got a guess i was thinking around 82 yeah it's about a dollar 12 okay so dollar 12 back in 1989 is three dollars and 50 cents today okay and so if you look at if you if someone retired back in 1989 like this gentleman did with uh, dupont not sure how much his pension was but let's say it was twenty five thousand dollars today 
it would feel like eleven thousand dollars. I mean, it yeah. has decreased because, and that's a three and a half percent inflation that's right. assumption in there. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal, and you know that's part of the thing about planning for retirement that people that are just winging it totally forget about. Oh, they, they, miss, they just they, they plan for the first day of retirement. They don't plan for. For day two thousand four hundred and eighty-five, mm-hmm. or you know, or, or twenty years into retirement. That's right. Which is really the crutch to the problem here. Yeah. So this this Savannah Riverside uh, employee, um, you know, he said he would be getting about twenty thousand dollars more per year if his retirement pension from the site's DuPont days would have stayed on course with the cost of living. And you know, this gentleman goes on to say that you know, SRS uh, retirees who feel they're not getting a fair deal. They feel like they've kind of, it's not, it's not right um, associated with it. So that's kind of what the article is based on. Yeah. And, you know, DuPont has not raised their pension rate since 1989, which means that, you know, he's been raking in the same amount now for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So what he's trying to do is live on a salary that he had 25 years ago is what he says here in the article. And, I mean, essentially, DuPont retirees are living on less than half of what they were um, making back whenever they retired 25 years ago. And, I mean, it's, that's very true. You can't, yeah. can't argue with the, no, with I the mean, point. You look at the, the cost of, of gas and groceries and so forth, and it's definitely, it's definitely in some cases more than double. Then, you know, this gentleman goes on to say that the trickle-down effect has affected his ability to really enjoy his retirement. And, you know, since the recession hit a couple of years back, he and his wife have opted to give up some luxuries in their life, like uh, a vacation home and a timeshare. And they wanted to do that to keep their home life um, from from suffering. So, you know, what, what the Aiken Standard did after hearing about this story, they reached out to DuPont to kind of get their side uh, as well. DuPont obviously had been out there for many years, but, you know, closed down in 1989. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. SRS, they did. That's right. But there's still a DuPont pension they're drawing. Sure, sure. And so the spokesman, spokesman f- person from DuPont said the company empathizes with the impact inflation has on fixed annual payments, um, which is why DuPont regularly evaluates the appropriateness of pension adjustments. She said, we complete this evaluation in the context of our comprehensive retiree benefit package, including, you know, the pension, the company's contribution to savings plans, retirees, medical, um, dental, you know, the whole nine yards. So it's kind of, to me, I think what she's saying is it's market driven, right? I mean, they, they compare what they're given to the marketplace and they think it's a fair a fair package yeah. they give retirees. Yeah, it doesn't really talk about if this gentleman had uh, retiree medical. I imagine he did. But when you look at the package in total, I mean, most companies today are not offering those type of benefits. I mean, no, they're pretty attractive. And a lot of people work for small companies which don't give anything like that. Yeah. So. You know, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, and I think we'll cover the rest of this and, and wrap up at the end of the break here. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about um, SRS pensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some retirees, there's an article here in the Aiken Standard, a great article about some retirees feel that the pension rate is too low, John, and it's just 
it really boils down to inflation. I think it's perception that some people think pensions should be and will be inflated into the future, and they won't. And that's the whole point about retirement planning. you got to plan for more than the first day of retirement. Yeah, the inflation is such a huge factor. I mean, we talk about it being the the silent killer in your your financial life. And as an example, this, this gentleman retired back in 1989, and... Don't know how much he was making, but uh, you know, assuming he was making twenty five thousand dollars a year in nineteen eighty nine, that feels like eleven thousand in today's dollars. You know, but he better be thankful that inflation was only three percent. Yeah, I mean, what if he'd retired in nineteen sixty nine? Yeah, you know, went through the seventies and eighties. Sure, holy sure. smokes! I mean, inflation averaged like six percent over that period. Yeah, we talked about gas back in nineteen eighty nine being a dollar twelve a gallon. Today it's three fifty. So you know, a lot of pressures. You've got to plan. That's one of the things we look at when we do planning is an inflation factor because it really eats away at the value associated with it. But, you know, DuPont, you know, says that their package is competitive and they, they look at it from a market standpoint and that's kind of their rebuttal associated with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, they maintain that its package overall um, is is very competitive compared to other ones out there. And, you know, he says that he doesn't regret working for the company. He certainly enjoyed his time there, but there were just some things that he thinks should have been done differently. And I guess I would just point back to planning and say, you know, although some pensions did get inflated back in the 70s and 80s when inflation was running double digits there for a while and, and companies were they also they can make more in their pension plans right mm-hmm. they can invest their pension plans and in, in in bonds and the, the pension plan was making more so they had surpluses so they would give an inflation adjustment, adjustment yeah. but it was still a discretionary inflation adjustment pensions to my knowledge have never been designed to give you a guaranteed inflation adjustment yeah. therefore you have to plan on doing that and you have to cover that with your investments and that's why your investments may be a small part of your income in day one of retirement, but in year 20 in retirement, could be huge, yeah. it could be a huge part of your right. income, and you got to plan for that. And, you know, you got to plan for not running out of money back when, when your pension's really only worth half of what it used to be. Yeah. Once you retire, you know we talked about Social Security earlier, and and the number of workers that are that are feeding the system now. One of the things that <clears throat> is on the table about Social Security is they're talking about changing the uh, the inflation factor for Social Security, you know, recipients, um, and you know them tweaking it just a little bit. When you start looking at the the billions of dollars that go out, it makes a huge difference in the solvent solvency of the Social Security system. So we talked about means testing earlier. They're probably going to have so they're probably going to have inflation. Um, reductions going forward. I, mean, I think that's right. It makes a big difference. I mean, inflation is a huge factor when you look at it over a couple of decades. And they may means test that. You know, if you have other income sources, they may give you no inflation yeah. um, from your from your Social Security, and and they may just inflate it for people that are mm-hmm. in uh, you know below the poverty line yeah. or something. Yeah. So probably be a combination like that of some yeah, type. That's right. I mean, they have to do something to save the system. It's too important to to let it just oh yeah you know fail. And um, so I really wish Washington would would get on board and and do something about it. Okay, good topic. And that leads us up to our next topic here, and that is an article. Um, well, first, we're going to do the question of the week. Yeah, Steve, this question has to do with um, uh, life insurance, and we, we cover this occasionally. Uh, the question is, I'm 40 years old, and my uh, company provides some life insurance through through work about three times my salary. 
And so the question is, is that enough? And obviously, <clears throat> as with any case, it depends on your situation. If you're single and you right. don't have any debt, then maybe that is enough. Um, if you have a family with kids, generally, you know, we recommend eight to ten times. Dave Ramsey's a big believer in, in term insurance, um, maybe right for your situation. So uh, go to a financial professional. We'll be more than happy to help you. Um, there's other folks in the area that can help you as well. But um, look at your situation. Look at how much debt you have. Look at your family structure how old you are, your income levels. There's a lot of different factors that play into it. Yeah, you really have to plan for this. There's no rule of thumb that fits every situation or even fits most situations, I would say, because everybody's vastly different. It depends on, you know, what income your, your your surviving spouse would have if something happened to you. It depends on your needs. If, if you were to pass away, do you have kids that need college funding? Do you have a big mortgage to pay off? There's all sorts of factors, mm-hmm. so you really have to plan around this and come up with a real number, and you have to, you know, plan for, for to be covered for that number. Yeah. So it's a good question, though. All right, and that leads up to our next topic here, and that is the eight retirement planning blunders to avoid. Um, John, I mean, we've seen all of these, and some of them are a little more subtle, but some of these are just classic blunders that people make in retirement, like they're really not planning for inflation. You mm-hmm. know, would be, yeah. would be an example, but yeah, I mean, uh, the CNBC, this is an article out of their, their off their website. And they say the biggest mistake that most men and women make is preparing for retirement in preparing for retirement is that they don't, they don't prepare period. Um, they just don't plan for it. Right. I mean, they kind of wing it. It's really what it boils down to. And so what they did was they, they went out and they um, interviewed, I guess, eight different advisors to come up with the potential pitfalls um, that people find, mm-hmm. that, that advisors find from people retiring out there. Um, so these are kind of the eight most common mistakes that these advisors found for people that are entering retirement in terms of planning the first one here on the list is a lack of clarity on what retirement really means yeah. for people. And uh, I have seen this. I mean, I've seen people that retire and and they don't really they don't really know what they plan to do. Um, you know, the greatest concern that we have with our clients is the psychological part. Um, they say, you know, they'll they'll uh, say, you know, what do I do? Um, do I paint the fences? Then what? You know, advisors get many retired clients who are lost and are not focused on their finances or on their financial futures after having been successful throughout their careers, and they now feel they're no longer have a sense of control. Um, you know, they they feel like they're kind of cast adrift. Um, so it, it's, I think, what it boils down to is. You do have to have a plan for what you can do yeah, in retirement. Absolutely. Right? I, we see a lot of times people will retire. They had that magic date, and then yep. they'll go back to work part-time somewhere or volunteer because you can only play so many rounds of golf, right? You know, I just <laughs> talked to a retired exec. Except for you. That, yeah, well, I might be able to fill up. No, I couldn't do it all the time. Not every day. I could do, you know, a couple of Two, two or three times a week. But, yeah, I mean, I talked to a retired Zach just the other day, executive, um, who's doing maintenance at a golf course, and uh, he just had to have something to do. Yeah. Um, and that's okay if you enjoy it. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I have to wonder if he didn't maybe think through retirement mm-hmm. and he was surprised about how bored he was after retired. Yeah, I think as humans, I mean, we're we're made to do stuff. We're not made to just sit around and, uh, you know, retirement sounds glamorous and being able to sleep in and, you know, <clears throat> have your own leisure schedule. But there has to be something of meaning, I think, for retirees. I mean, that's what we see. Exactly. Kind of goes along with this. Exactly. So. God made us to 
to want to accomplish something. That's right. To work. That's right. That's right. So that's number one, lack of clarity. Number two here is refusal to accept change. And, you know, Steve, many people don't understand how to allocate the resources over an unknown period of time. I mean, I think if we knew how long our retirement was going to be, it would probably help out. But one of the biggest thing is learning to accept that there might be a change in lifestyle and to, to live peaceful, peacefully with that. But when you talk about budgets, people shut down. That is such a negative connotation. So we've changed that word to, to cash flow. Spending plan. Or spending plan, cash flow, whatever. You know, right. don't use the B word. That's right. That's right. I mean, but you have to have a spending plan in retirement. I mean, you can't just start plowing through your money. Right. Right. And we see people that do that, just kind of aimlessly start plowing through their money and don't really, they don't really you know, figure out how to, how to manage that. Um, but as people feel that they can no longer do what they want and regret their perceived past, uh, carelessness, you know, it brings about a sense of denial and pain. Retirees need to learn new skills, including getting in touch with their personal values. Um, and, you know, learn not to fall for every marketing, Mm -hmm. you know, scheme that's out there. Right. Um, and making tough financial choices like eliminating the expenses, the designer clothes, a latte, coffees, takeout meals that put them at financial risk. And then also being mindful of their cash flow by following a budget or a spending plan. You know, a spending plan gives you the freedom to to spend your money guilt free. Sure. You yeah. know, I think it's a freeing thing. It, it should not be something that people dread. It actually is. It um it allows you to spend and you spend on a plan and you don't have to worry about you Yeah, know. you you know you're within your category, within your, your, your budget and you're in a safe limit and so you have this money you can go spend it however you want to. Yeah. You know, within that category. New golf so, clubs every six months. I like whatever. It. Yeah. You just gotta have a big budget for some things. <clears throat> but I found out recently golf clubs aren't the answer. No, no, they're got to have a little bit of practice in there. That, that's true. Any tool <laughs> is just a tool, John. Remember that. Yes, I need, yeah, to, I need it, to practice, practice more. Yeah, it takes time. <laughs> there you go. All right, number three here on the list, which we'll just start before we go to break here, and that is having a do-it-yourself mentality is another blunder that people have. You know, it's another area of erroneous thinking that you can go it alone and do it all yourself. I mean, many baby boomers kind of have a do-it-yourself mentality. They're used to going online, doing their own research. They think that, you know, that holds true for financial planning as well. They can just do it all themselves, just like, the, you know, somebody planning for retirement, not accounting for inflation. Yeah, that's that's right. There's some big things. If you miss it, it's going to mess you up. There really is. So we'll well, talk more about that when we come back from the break. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages and Gene and News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And uh, we're continuing our discussion here before the break, but also just like to welcome our new advisor, Gordon Leppard, here again with us. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Good to be here with you guys. You having fun over there? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Trying to soak it all in as, yeah. uh, as you provide some good financial advice to Yeah. You. 
our local listeners here. Yeah, we, we have fun doing this. So it's We um, do have fun doing this. And it's all about retirement today. today. And usually you know? it's not. We don't always just do retirement, but No. Well we focus we don't always focus on one topic. Right. But I mean, it seems like all these just kinda came yeah. together. And it is a retirement crisis in America, you know, and it's it's bothersome because we sit down with people all the time and their issues. Like I sat down with a couple just this week and you know, they were making no match to their 401k plan. Uh, I mean, they weren't making a contribution yeah. and getting their match to their 401k plan. Giving it up, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it's free money, yeah. you know? And it's not too many free things in life. That is one I of mean, them. I mean, it's just it's like one of your benefits. I mean, you got to figure out how yeah. to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's just free money, and it's like step one. So anyway, I mean, just so, I mean, there's just so many common mistakes that people fall into. And that's the topic we were on to right here before the break, and that was the eight retirement planning blunders to avoid um and john you know we see these all the time i mean the first one was not having a lack of clarity on what retirement really means you know going into retirement with a plan of how you're going to spend your time how are you going to be satisfied and fulfilled and accomplishing you know the the plan that god has for you in retirement Mm -hmm. so that was step one and the other is you know refusal to accept change um because sometimes retirement does mean Living on a budget means cutting down, mm-hmm. means not going out to eat as much, you know, not wearing the designer clothes. Cutting not, out the uh, latte. You're right. Maybe Coffee. stretching your car out, making it last longer. I mean, you got to make some changes in retirement if necessary. And, yeah. you know, the fact is a lot of people aren't going to have as much income in retirement. Well, the key is, is doing a spending plan because you can spend. That's it's okay right. to spend the income that you have coming in, but it's just you can't overspend and run out of money. And, so. you know, I sat down with another client last week, um, very pretty wealthy client, has a great income, makes, I don't know, you know, upwards of a half million dollars a year or something. Wow. So they're really living off of a lot of money, right, right now. And their plan for retirement is they think they can live off of, like, Sixty thousand, eighty thousand dollars a year, <laughs> and you know, I mean, that's quite an adjustment. And I know if you go through the budget and you say, okay, you know, just 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 look at the basic expenses, that may be true, but there's a lot of money going other places. Mm-hmm. It's not all being saved. Going from five hundred to sixty, that'd be yeah, quite a shock. that's quite a shock. So you got to really think, okay, am I really going to stop buying the new cars and the boats, and you know, am yeah. I going to stop? You know, going out to eat every night and going to the $150 Ruth Crisp type restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? You're be eating off of the dollar menu. Yeah, I mean, you got to really change. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're really going to live off of, you know, it makes wow. some drastic yeah. reduction. And I see a lot of people, just even SRS, two like professionals mm-hmm. that are retiring, that are going from two professional type incomes to pensions, you know, it's a significant cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to think about those things. But then number three here on the list that we just talked briefly on was having a do-it-yourself mentality. And uh, it's another thing that you you have to recognize is you can't do everything. You're not an expert at everything, right? Yeah. Some things are more complicated than just just buying another tool and, and you know, screwing in, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a fixture at home or something, right, or wiring up a, a new light fixture. Right, right. You know, without professional assistance, you know, a lot of times retirees will underestimate or sometimes overlook their financial needs. I mean, you know, they'll invariably underestimate the, the effect of inflation. We talked about that, the, the big deal of what inflation is on retirement income or withdrawing money from their accounts, um, you know, in down markets. I mean, we see study after study 
the Dalbar uh, associate study that shows that, you know, the average investor makes significant, significantly less than what the markets return. There was a study that came out in the financial planning recently that, um, you know, folks that work with advisors, you know, have done a little bit better historically. And there's right. some reasons for that, keeping people focused, doing the planning. So do it yourself or can be risky. Now, some people can do it and some people can be, be successful at it, but the vast majority based on this article and kind of what we see as well is maybe not. And people usually don't have the discipline that it takes um, to to stick with a plan through thick and thin. You know, I mean, when they get nervous, they start second-guessing themselves. They don't have somebody with confidence that can, you know, point them back to the plan and say, no, this is a sound plan. It works in good times and bad times, and you're set up for for a good plan with your investments for retirement, don't bail on it. Don't change the you know the mid mid game here just because we're we're down in the third inning or whatever. Yeah, right. Know. So, but it also takes sophisticated software and running many different scenarios to properly test the range of possibilities. Um, and people tend to become too focused on returns instead of focusing on their personal financial goals. So, you know, an objective view from a trusted advisor is really a very valuable and helpful helpful part of the process. So that was number three. Number four here on the list is failing to establish a formal plan. Um, retirees often fail to establish a, a written formal uh, retirement income plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the plan should include both detailed budget and, you know, forward-looking tax mitigation strategies. I mean, most people don't even know what that is, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that sounds a little bit uh, too sophisticated for most people, but in general, I do agree with this this uh, this article on this. I mean, people do have to have a plan. Uh, it doesn't have to be that formal and complicated. To me, it can be it can be rough or it can be simple. It doesn't have to be um, like I said, complicated. It can be it can be just keep it simple. You know, yeah. the, the Kiss principle. I mean, most people are not analyticals. But it, it has to be it has to be in place, mm-hmm. and there does have to be a plan that you're following. Absolutely, absolutely. Number five here on the list is is uh, playing it too safe. I mean, retirees saw CDs um, do very well back in the 1990s, and you know many of them expect them to do better in the future. But we could be in a low interest rate environment for the next five to ten years. I mean, who knows? Uh, and we may never see CDs north of 5% again in our lifetime. But, you know, investors generally, you know, if you go back to doing the planning, um, you know, typically need, you know, 20 times uh, the their, their amount, a lump sum amount to generate, um, you know, enough income to sustain them over their lifetime. So when you do the withdrawal rate of 4 to 5%, you also have to inflect and in, 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 factor in inflation. Uh, over the next 20 or 30 years. So, you know, being really safe can cause the plan to fail. Yeah, generally you need to have a good mix of equities, uh, stocks, in with your, your safe Yeah, for most people. So for most people, you're going to need to have something more in the 50-50 type, you know, range. But it just depends on your situation. Yeah. So, all right, that was a good one. Number six on the list is not really downsizing. And I have to admit, I see this a lot. I don't know if you've noticed this, John, but... You know, people say they're going to relocate in retirement, right, and downsize and take money out of their house, and that's going to help them live. But a number of retiree couples, you know, think they can move and downsize and save money. What they actually do is they don't save much money when they move. Um, For example, if a client sells a house for, you know, $500,000, they might spend almost as much purchasing a smaller but nicer home because usually your tastes get a little nicer the older you get, Mm -hmm. right? 
And, you know, between closing costs and buying and selling and the moving expenses and, you know, the upgrades on some things, um, buying new furniture, you may spend about another $100,000 just making the transition. So while you downgraded to a $400,000 house, you spent the extra $100,000 and yeah. you didn't save anything. And we do see that pretty frequently. So you have to be realistic about what you're trying to accomplish and what you're really going to do. Um, so that was number six. Number seven here is not planning for your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see this as well. Although many baby boomers are financially supporting their elderly mothers and fathers, only a small percentage really integrate their parents' financial needs into their own financial plan. Yeah, we really see that. Yeah, many times, you know, there is a need to provide um, for your parents in in, uh, in retirement if they have not saved or they don't have long-term care. But um, keeping in mind that that may be a very long time for, for some folks. Uh, my my parents are in their 70s, and, and my mom's mother, who is my grandmother's, is living at age 98. And fortunately, she did a good job, you know, planning financially. But, you know, you need to structure the assets of your parents to protect them. And, you know, if you don't, you can expose them to running out of money um, or also maybe paying additional taxes associated with it. So make sure you you look at your parents' situation, you understand it. You know, a lot of times money has been a taboo subject, but we believe in talking about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, we added onto our house and added an extra bedroom downstairs for that very purpose so that, you know, when our parents come and if they end up Parents or kids, us, right? Well, either, well, the kids can go upstairs, you know. <laughs> we got rooms upstairs, okay. but the downstairs, yeah, we did that specifically for our parents. Gotcha. But number eight here and the final one on the list is failing to maximize Social Security. Um, you know, John, there's lots of strategies. We've talked about this before. There's over eight different strategies for claiming Social Security. And we know from our planning that we've done, you can save well over $100,000 if you structure Social Security properly for somebody. Um, as opposed to just automatically taking it at 62 because you think you're going to, you know, you better get it now. It's running out of money and, you know, money's worth more today than it is later. If you can delay a little while, you can get a lot more money from Social Security. Yeah, it t- takes a little bit of planning. It's a, it's, it a, it's a great exercise to go through to make sure you're on track. Exactly. Okay, well, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And we are going to start off our last segment here with the uh, prescription of the week. Yeah, Steve, this is a simple one. Um, you know, when eating out, um, instead of getting a tea or water, um, or, or excuse me, a soda, something that's going to cost right dollar two dollars, um, get water. It, it can save a tremendous amount of money. If you think about, it, if you get a tea for you know two dollars, and you add tax and tip, it could be a three dollar drink. And if you have four oh, yeah. people in your family, Always. that's twelve dollars. There's a family that went through Financial Peace University that estimated they were spending over $2,000 a year on on drinks. Oh, and, I have friends I know that do that because, I mean, they do, yeah. like, the nice restaurant, and they'll want to do the the, co- the, 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 the wine mm-hmm. and then the soda oh, yeah. and then the coffee afterwards, maybe. It adds up. You know, holy smokes. I mean, it's like 12 13 bucks. Yeah. And know, I know so. Gordon has a, a, a good example. Yeah. Well, 
Well, Steve, I, I was about to agree with you there. You're probably talking anywhere from twelve to fifteen dollars. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You put all three of those drinks together, um, in a family of four, one thing that we've uh, instituted is when we go out to eat, we're uh, we're we're trying to teach our girls about money. Right now, we have a, a six year old and an eight year old now, and uh, we're saving for a trip to Disney World. So, okay. w- one way to save for that. Uh, is that each time we go out to to eat, instead of maybe getting a tea or you know a soda or something, what we've done is started taking that money and placing it in a clear container so that the girls can watch the money grow mm-hmm. cool. and, and recognize and see that that's not something that we just decided overnight to do. Yeah, hey girls, right. we're, we're going to Disney World. That there was some some savings, some planning. Uh, and some effort that went into that. And so they've watched that money grow over the course of time. Yeah, it's I like gonna be that. Fun. It's, it's very visual. Yeah. I like that. It's going to yeah. be fun pulling that out and rolling it up as well. That'll be a good yeah. experience. They'll remember that. I Absolutely. think that'll be really great teaching tool for your kids because, I mean, they'll see that grow. They'll see the effect of it. And then they'll, like you said, get that actually count it and yeah. put it together and know they had a part in, in uh, saving that money. Right. Yeah. So right. good example. All right. And that leads us up here to our... Uh, uh, last topic of the day, and that is an article by um, C- well, CNN, C- Money. CNN Money. There yeah. you go. Why many retired women live in poverty. Um, this is really a sad article because it is true. A lot of women, more than men, mm-hmm. uh, live in poverty. I mean, there's plenty of men, too. But, you know, it's kind of sad when you look at the medium st- stats here. On the median income from women, that's a very low number. Yeah, men 65 and older, uh, the average income is about $28,000. For women 65 and older, it's $16,000. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's, drastic difference. That's basically Social Security. If you think yeah. somebody's drawing maybe, you know, eleven, twelve hundred $1,200 a month Social Security, mm-hmm. I mean, that makes up almost all of that. Yeah. I mean, that's for the median 65-year-old and more uh, woman. So Yeah, and if you look at, you know, Steve, there's some stats in here um, about the poverty rate. And, um, you know, the, the 65 and older, the female poverty rate is 11% versus about 7% for men. Yeah. Um, if you're divorced, it's 17% for, for women living in poverty versus 12% for men. And, um, you know, it, it gets even worse. If you have never been married, it's about 23%. So. Yeah, and just to define that, John, I mean, the poverty rate is about $12,000 for one person per year is the poverty rate. It's 11000 and change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for each person you add to, to it, it's, it's about another $4,000. So yeah. a family of four would be about $24,000 a year is the poverty line. Right. And so it just goes to show you, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I mean, you know, the the average, the median income is not that much above the poverty no, it's line. Not. It's so not. So there is a big percentage living in poverty. Yeah, and you know, Steve, gender inequality doesn't end at the workplace. I mean, for many women, the, the gender gap haunts them well into their retirement years when far more win- women find themselves living in poverty. And in fact, women are almost twice as likely as men to live below the poverty line during retirement with uh, single and minority women struggling the, the most. I just shared some of those stats with you. So, I mean, it's it's very um, it's prevalent, and it's unfortunate. There's some things that we're going to talk about. There's some reasons why this occurs, and we're going to give you some solutions as well. Yeah, and as you just mentioned, I mean, for, for women 65 years and older, they rely on their median income of around $16,000 a year. That's roughly 11000 less than men of the same age, according to the congressional analysis and, and the census data. 
And many elderly women rely exclusively on Social Security. I mean, again, it appears they have almost no pensions. And I think that's part of the big difference, really, quite frankly, is women tend to work more in the service industry, Mm -hmm. smaller businesses that don't offer pensions. And, you know, men, a lot of men worked for bigger companies that that did offer pensions. And that that alone may be the the bulk of the difference. That's right. And, and, And as you mentioned, one of the problems is women do earn. And unfortunately, they save less over their lifetimes than than men do. And that leaves them with a smaller nest egg, and and they tend to live longer. Um, So that savings has to last longer. So there's a bunch of things working against uh, many women here. And, you know, you combine the lower resources with longer life expectancies, and very quickly you can identify that there's going to be more risk um, associated with with women. And and so here's some of the leading factors that are driving the retirement income gap between men and women and some of the solutions to to help fix it. Number one here on the list is, as we mentioned, lower overall earnings. On average, full-time working women earn just 77 cents for every dollar that a man earns, and that's according to the federal government. And, you know, the lower earnings hit both the Social Security benefits women accrue over the years and their ability to save for retirement. Yeah, and also, I mean, female workers make up about two-thirds of all part-time employees, and the majority of those jobs don't come with employer-sponsored Retirement benefits, as I just mentioned, I think they're much more likely to work for small companies without pensions. So it makes it harder to save for retirement at all, I mean, let alone accumulate a nest egg, you know, large enough to last for decades. Yeah. Uh, also, Steve, just to add to that, um, like you guys were saying, in those type of environments, sometimes the earning potential or the amount that they're earning uh, doesn't hardly leave any That's room. Right. Uh, sometimes to to take care of their sure. just living expenses and then also uh, contribute to some type of yeah retirement and a, account. And a lot of times it makes the, it very challenging. No doubt, and a lot of times the women have the kids, right? They get the uh, if they do have kids in the relationship, and it's very challenging. I know we do a lot of counseling for folks and try to help them get out of the situation. Well, and they they want the flexibility, and I think that's in this article somewhere. They want the flexibility to stay home with their kids, right? The next one, the next one is is gaps in employment. On average, um, you know, women work 12 years less than men do over the course of their careers. And, you know, a major reason women are more likely to take time off to raise the kids, Um, you know, or maybe take care of a sick spouse, um, or, or aging parents. So it goes to an example of um, a lady who left a, a high-paying executive position to help care for her kid or her husband. She came back and she couldn't get a, a job associated with it. So, you know, one of the possible fixes that's been provided. We'll see if that works or not. Yeah, one of the possible fixes they're proposing here was was caregiver credits towards Social Security for workers who are providing unpaid care. Um, according to a senior fellow at the Urban Institute. But while the proposal's been made in the past, congressional sessions, it hasn't gained much traction. And I believe that's because, I mean, most people view that as another entitlement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's another reason not to work. Um, to me, the right answer, John, is auto-enrollment in mm-hmm. 401k plans and do away with hardship withdrawals. Yeah, Because, unfortunately, people... You know, call it stupid, call it whatever you want. I mean, that's my word for it. Yeah. They just... Like Dave Ramsey says, I mean, they just yeah. they just can't they they can't leave the retirement alone. Yeah, Gordon and I sat down with a, a client this last week, and they they pulled some money out of a four hundred one k because they didn't have an emergency fund. Right, and but they just can't. I mean, that should be off limits. Yeah. I think. I think it should just go through bankruptcy, whatever it takes, but leave your retirement alone because that's your future when you're when you're not healthy and you can't work. 
You don't want to be in poverty, and they just shouldn't be able to draw that money out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mistake to let them draw that money out. I think, and I think it should automatically enroll. They should be forced to put at least three percent right of your of your income in a four hundred one k plan. Um, albeit private, you know, you can it can be privatized yeah. as it should be, as it is now. Of course, I'm not talking about any government takeover. I'm just talking about. You know, people have to contribute money to a 401k plan. Yeah, it, it has to be a priority. And, you know, Steve, they go through two other issues here. Um, an outdated Social Security system. You know, Social Security program was designed to support married couples where, where one spouse was a breadwinner. Yet today, a growing number of, of women are getting married later in life, remaining single, or they've gotten a divorce. And many more women are earning, you know, uh, their own benefits in the workforce. So, Social Security, you know, there's some gaps in there from a woman's standpoint. There's also some higher cost, potentially, um, you know, living longer. Um, So we talked about some of the solutions here, Steve. Um, You know, doing some planning, I think, is a key thing. Sitting down with a a financial advisor or someone that you trust and helping you go through that spending plan and trying to carve out some going to retirement. And hopefully early. You know, hopefully this doesn't, I mean, you know, it's a little late when you show up at 65 and you're trying to figure out where to get income from. I mean, other than putting on the blue apron and going and working, you know, at Walmart somewhere. Well, that may be a solution. You know, and that's a solution. There's nothing wrong with that, working part-time somewhere, but you want to try to try to take care of that start early. early yep. All right. Well, that brings us up to this close of this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.